Welcome to the Millennial Man Podcast. Um, just a quick update, you know, it's end of February. Um, everyone should be kind of on their way, getting everything going with their goals by this point. You know, you're you're making headway on, on your goals and you're, you're, maybe you're coming across a few problems, maybe you're stumbling a little bit, whatever the case may be. As far as me, um... I have my goal of doing 52 podcasts this year, which I'm still going to meet no matter what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Even if that means I have to do two or three episodes in a week, stuff, stuff like that in some weeks, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make 52 episodes of the podcast this year. It's going to happen. Um, but just, I mean, life and, and everything else just gets in the way. Sometimes I'm not able to re- always record a podcast and edit it and put it up. Or sometimes I just forget, honestly. Um, got a lot of, Got a lot going on trying to get a bunch of things started at the same time. Um, so sometimes it just slips my mind to record the podcast whenever I'm doing something else and, um, I don't get it up and uh, it's, that's on me. I'm going to try and be better with that, but I'm still going to do 52 this year. No matter what, 52 are coming out this year. Um, as far as other goals, um, I'm, I'm moving forward. I mean, we have had stumbles in some areas, but you know, that happens, you know, um, especially like with dieting, I, I've been cheating on my diet a little bit too much lately. Um, but having two cheat meals rather than one, or, or I should say two kind of cheat day-ish things on the weekends rather than having one. Um, I started eating a little bit more, um, a little bit more carbs. I sorry, I started eating brown rice again rather than going completely carbless during the day. Um, it helps me keep my energy throughout the day, so I like that better. But, I mean, there, you're always going to have stumbles along your way, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast today um, because – everyone ha- everyone's going to stumble a little bit everyone's going to have some problems but what we have to do here is we have to manage our expectations and that's what this podcast is about is about managing your expectations if you're with all of your goals and plans set right and you have your action plans um i actually heard a great quote today i was listening to the doctor dr phil on joe rogan's podcast and he said something that kind of hit me and i really liked and he said a uh, the difference between a goal and a dream is a goal has an action plan and accountability. So if you've got your goal set out, right, and you have your action plan, you have someone that you, that's keeping you accountable, or if you're just keeping yourself accountable, you know, it's time to sit down and, and look at how are you going to react when one of your plans doesn't come to fruition right away? How are you going to take having a small setback? How are you going to take stumbling a little bit? How are you going to take not everything going perfectly? How how will you react? What will you do? And there's a few options here. Um, you know, the more experienced person is going to keep moving forward. You know, head high, chest out, just moving forward, knowing that that one little setback isn't going to do anything to them. Other people, you know, maybe you'll be more cautious. Maybe you'll 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 slow down. You'll pull back a little bit. You'll slow down, and you'll you'll keep going forward, but you're going to be slower about it because you don't, you don't want to make that mistake again. And then and you know that's the cautious people. Those are the people that are, are super cautious. Um, and well, I shouldn't say super cautious because there are people that are even more cautious, and we'll get into that. There's another there's another step, and you know there there are the people who will take this failure, take this stumble, take this whatever you want to call it, 
and they'll decide, okay, I need a breather. I need to stop, think about the way I'm, I'm doing this, and then re-establish a new plan to go forward. That's a very viable strategy. The problem is sometimes your breather can take too long. So just make sure that whatever breather you're taking is going to work with whatever your goals are, right? If you have a goal to get things done this year, you can't have a seven-month breather. If your goals are to get things done, you know, if you have a five-year five goal and you've got to redirect things, you just got to make sure that you're still reaching your goals. You're still going forward for it. But the problem that I want to really talk about are the people that are going to stop. The people that will stop, they'll get depressed, they'll think, woe is me, everything's against me, uh, I can't move forward, this thing's going to stop me. Those, That's the section of people I want to talk about. Because that's the real question. How are you going to react? Are you going to keep for- moving forward? Some people will. Are you going to maybe be more cautious and, go- and still keep going forward? Some people will. Are you going to take a breath, take a beat, make sure everything's right, and then go back and move forward? Some people will, but some people, and unfortunately, a majority of people will just stop. They'll just stop, they'll sit there, and they'll think, well, I just can't do this. I can't do it because of whatever the factor is. I just can't lose weight because I'm just, I'm not, a, I'm, I, I have to have my sugar at the end of the night. I have to have my ice cream, or I have to have this, or, you know, my my genetics just won't allow me to lose the weight that I need to lose. Or, um, you know, I'm in a, a, a lower income area and this business just won't start here because, you know, people don't have the money to spend on it or whatever the case may be. Everyone has their excuse. The problem is you've stopped. You've now halted all forward progress. You're not planning on continuing. You're just sitting on the couch wallowing in self-pity Hoping that, you know, somebody's going to come along and do it for you. And they're not. No one's going to come along and live your dream for you. No one's going to come along and say, here's your dream. Live it. No, it's just not going to happen. You have to pursue it. And so what really helps with this is, is realizing everyone experiences failure. Everyone. It doesn't matter the richest person in the world, the most famous person in the world, the most successful person in the world. It doesn't matter. Every single one of them has failure in their past, present, and their future. And the re and and you know, there's a lot of especially when you're talking about really, really, really high level business uh, business people. They want the failures because they know they have to have one or two failures for every really good success. So the more failures they can bang out, that means the more successes they're going to bang out. And so. What you have to do and what all of these successful people do is they realize that, you know, the one or two or even three or even four failures doesn't matter. As long as you're moving forward, eventually you're going to get that win. And I believe me from personal experience, I know that those setbacks can can be soul crushing. Those setbacks can can hurt you. Those are the setbacks can can crush you. Um, so, I mean, what you have to do is manage your expectations of what's going to happen. You need to realize that these failures don't mean that you're not going to be successful. 
they honestly probably mean you're going to do much better because you can learn from these failures and go forward. You can take the knowledge of your failure and move forward in a much more prepared path that is going to make you make your dreams become a reality. And in order to do that, and this is another thing that you know we talk about, or people, I, I shouldn't say we, I, uh, very you know successful business people talk about, and investors talk about, and you'll you'll hear a lot from you know just average conversations with you know whoever that you have to diversify, but most of the time. When you hear about diversifying, you're talking about diversifying assets, you're talking about investments, you're talking about things like that, which is true. You do need to diversify, and we'll get into that. But what I'm talking about is to diversify your life. And diversifying your life means don't put all of your energy into one thing. Don't make, don't have everything you do be about one thing. Don't be all consumed into one thing. Whether that's your business, whether it's your family, whether it's activity, whether it it doesn't doesn't matter what it is. Don't be completely 100% only one thing. Because the problem is as soon as there is a an issue in that one thing, you're crushed. You're done. Because to you, your whole world has just been flipped over. Because you know, maybe you're going through, maybe you have a business, right? And you just lost money in your business for the, you had a losing year for the first time ever. But at the same time, you have funds backed up and saved to make sure if you have a losing year, you can still pay all of your salaries. You have everything set up to go, but because you have this losing year, you've run this business for 10 years. You've never had a, a year that had a loss, but you prepared yourself for it just in case it did happen, which is fantastic. What you're all you're focused on is you had that loss the first year you've ever had a loss, and it doesn't matter if you have the most fantastic family. And but if that's all you're putting your energy into is to is growing that business, and then you have a loss there, you're crushed. You're it's almost an immediate injection of depression into your face, right? So. When we're talking about this, we have to diversify our lives and spend energy in different areas all the time. Um, when you're looking at high-level business people, right? We're looking at the, the richest people in the world. So let's talk about, like, let's say Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's, what, $5 billion? He's a role model we can all live, live up to, right? He hasn't make that all. He hasn't made that all off of one company, has he? He ha- he doesn't just own one company. He doesn't just work for one company. He at this point probably is part of hundreds of companies. So he's diversified his income portfolio so that if one source of income doesn't come in, he doesn't it, it, it does it affect him? Yes, of course it affects him. But he has all of these other sources of income coming into him. So he's fine. His his bills are paid. He can do whatever he wants with whatever money because he knows that if that one source of income or even two of them goes away, he's still okay. Now, does he like it? No. No one likes the failure, but you're still okay. So 
say that person that's been running this business for 10 years, it's been their whole life. It, um, it's never, it's never had a failure before they've had it for 10 years, which holy crap, that's awesome. They've got the backup money. They've got everything they need to, but it takes that loss in that business. But that same day that he takes the loss in the business, he goes to his daughter's dance recital and he sees how happy she is. And he sees how happy that dancing made her. And that, that in turn makes him happy because he's splitting his energies, right? He's, he's putting some of his energy into that business and he's putting some of that energy into his family, right? And he, he's being able to get, when, when he does have a low spot in one, he can get happiness from the other and balance himself out. But if all you have is that business, if all you have is that one thing, then all you've got is that that sadness, that depression coming at you. You don't have the happiness on the other side. Now, let's think about it another way. That same guy, not only does, you know, he has the, the bit of failure on the business side, but the same day, you know, he does, he has his daughter's dance recital. She does super well. She, you know, she's super happy. You can see it on her face, makes him happy. On the same day, he gets a prize for... I'm just going to pull this back to, to Parks and Rec. He gets a prize for a cherry made because he likes, he puts some of his energy into woodworking. He entered into a contest and he got, he got, you know, first prize for a cherry made called chair by Ron Swanson. Great episode. Look it up. Um, but so now he does have this sadness on one Avenue, but now he's got happiness coming from his family. He's got happiness coming from his hobbies. And so he's got happiness to outweigh that sadness. He's got two-thirds happiness and one-third sadness. Now, does he need to go back in that business and fix it? Hell yes. He needs to go in there and figure out what the hell happened, why he made that loss, and, and fix it. But he doesn't need to get depressed about it. He doesn't need to make sure it's ruling his life. He needs to be able to have the happiness on both sides and that, that sadness. So diversifying your life, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're not going to pay attention to your business. You're still paying attention to it. You're still running it like you always would, but it's not your everything. It's not your all. It's not, it's not going to end your world to have, you know, have a failure over there. But for somebody who's spending all of their time on that, it will. Um, and you know, it also helps in another way. Think about it this way. If you're spending all your time, so Let's just, for this example, say you're working 12 hours a day, seven days a week on your business. Now, you could probably get a pretty successful business doing this. Honestly, you probably can. But you're going to burn out so fast because you have nothing else. All you're doing is you're looking at these spreadsheets of your P&Ls every single day, trying to figure out where you can make more money, more money, more money, more money, more money, more money, boost your revenues, pushing them up, making sure your profitability is great. Um, adding on clients, you know, calling people, doing things like that. But, you know, two years goes by, three years goes by, and that's all you do. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to be done. You can have a super successful business making lots of money, you know, able to provide for you for the rest of your life, but you're tired of it. You're done. You've done it. I mean, you, you've put in, you, you, let's, I mean, Let's just say you put in, you only work six days a week, 12 hours a day. Let's do that because that's 
a little bit more realistic. You did take a day off. You put in 72 hours a week for three years. Think about that for a minute. You put in 72 hours a week, 52 weeks a year for three years. Over 156 weeks, 72 hours. <laughs> that's, that's your whole life. That's your whole life. That's everything. Or, well, that's not everything. It's half your life, technically. But still, that's so in that amount of time, you can get very easily burned out on that business. And now you've lost interest. You're trying to throw it to managers, but managers never run your business as well as you can. You're trying to automate systems, which is fine. You can do that. But you also have to have people managing the automation, right? So you've just you've lost interest you you don't want to train people you don't want to do anything and your business starts to fizzle as it goes down it goes down it goes down and you start experiencing that failure and because it is the only thing in your life you take that failure to heart and you take it and it's a crushing blow so now let's take that example and let's move it to your family now you put all of your energy into your family which is great don't get me wrong i mean you're you're a good father you're a good mother whatever the case may be you put all of your energy into that, at some point, someone's going to have to sit you down and have a conversation and tell you to back off because you're going to be real goddamn annoying because no one wants someone there 100% of the time. People want you there. People want to talk to you, but they want time away from you as well. They want to be able to experience life alone as much as they do with you. So if you're spending 100% of your energy on that family, you're going to experience that talk where they want to have some time alone. They want you to back off. And that's going to be a soul crushing thing for you because that's all of your energy going into that. That's all of it. You don't have a business. You don't have a hobby to lay back to fall back on. And so now whoever it is in your family that has told you that they want you to back off or whatever the case may be, is going out and doing things for themselves and, and so that they can have time alone, which they need, they should do, but you're just there because you don't have anything else. You're just there sitting in a crushing depression. Happens. Happens a lot. So no, no matter what you do, if you experience failure in it, and that's the only thing you do. That's all you're putting your energy in. It's not going to be good. It's, it's not going to be healthy. It's not going to make you feel good. Um, and you're not going to have anything else to help you pull back out. So what do we do about that, right? What do we do? Do we, you know, do we take up a hobby? Do we take a, do we, obviously you can't just, you know, make yourself a family immediately. Well, I guess it depends on how good you are with computers and robots and AI. I guess you could make yourself a family. I wouldn't. Uh, but I'm just saying, you, you're if you don't currently have a family to, to talk to and to do things with, whether that's you know wife, kids, or just parents, uh, siblings, whatever the case may be, if you don't have that connection as it is, you know, start dating. You know, get some friends. Make your friends your family. Um, I know you know a lot of people have friends that are so close they're like family spend time with them hang, hang out have a good time 
Um, make plans, go places, do things, put your energy into those friends, you know, put some of some of your energy into those friends. Um, if you want to get a hobby, you know, just, it doesn't matter what you want to do. It just, it just matters that it's something you're passionate about, that you have a place to put your energy at the end of the day or in the middle of the day or at the beginning of the day. It doesn't matter when you do it, but you need to have a place to be able to put some extra energy that's not going to be stored in that business so that you can feel different emotions from different facets of your life rather than just one thing all the time. Um, the, the saying, don't put all of your eggs in one basket is a thing for a reason, right? Let's think about the saying. Why wouldn't you want all of your eggs in one basket? What if you drop the basket? Now you got no eggs. But you put them in two or three baskets. You drop one. Oh, well, I still have another. Who cares? Uh, isn't it better than none? Um, just as a personal example. So this is a personal example for me. So in 2014, I started. I went into business with a partner um, in real estate. Now, previously, I hadn't really had much contact with this person. Um, someone I, I, I never knew before 2013. Uh, but we went into business together in 2014 um, in a real estate investing business. And we had more production in our first six months than anybody else in the market had had that entire year or any of their best years. And so I can only attribute that to one thing. And that was basically our mantra and our thought process through the entire thing. And that was this half of something is better than all of nothing. So what did that mean? Well, for us at the time, it meant don't get greedy, right? We knew that our productivity together and our energies combined was going to be much more valuable in the means of, in, in the way of actual business than if we applied our energies separately to do it. We knew we wouldn't make as much headway. We wouldn't do as much production and we couldn't get as much done. So we worked together and it meant don't get greedy. Yes, we have to split everything. Yes, every deal you know we do is split in half. But we're doing more than we would separately. So keep going forward. Half of nothing half of something's better than all of nothing. Over time, for me, I started morphing that phrase and thinking, while yes, it still means don't be greedy, it also means to me don't make yourself the sole responsibility inside of a business. So, what? and that's kind of a weird way of putting that. Basically, don't make yourself liable for everything inside of a business. Don't make yourself the 100% loser if something happens. So that really set me and made me open up to a thought process that billionaires millionaires and business people around the world have known forever and that's that if you own half of a business you also only ha own half of the liability so if you can take half the money that you would spend on an entire business and own that half and you can diversify yourself over multiple business streams you will win in the long run while, yes, you might be splitting the income from this business with somebody else, you've also been able to invest more money in another business to be able to start and get more income. 
So if you have a failure on one side, your successes on the other side will alleviate some of that failure. Will it fix it completely? No, you're still going to have a residual feeling um, of distress, but you're going to have an income from the other side that can pick it up and move you forward. Uh, unfortunately, I blurred in this a little bit later than I should, and I didn't have a chance to diversify as much as I'd like to before. Unfortunately, some people did get greedy and uh, had some missteps and... You know, it was, it was basically my sole focus and it did, I mean, it hit hard. It hit hard when, when things weren't going correctly. Um, and the only thing that's really pulled me around is having a wonderful wife that I love that has helped me move through it. And where I'm working now to get everything back in line and get everything back into the shape of things. I mean, I made that crucial error. I I focused all of my energy into that goal. And, you know, when you stumble and you're barreling at the speed that I was, and you make that stumble, you fall hard. You hit real damn hard. And my problem was I didn't diversify. I didn't diversify my life and I didn't diversify my income. And I should have, I was, I had all of my income was coming from one source. And at that point, you know, at that point we had been running that's this business for damn near five years. I should have been taking more money and investing it in, in other projects to move forward at a better pace. Um, I, I guess I blame it on being young and not understanding that concept. I was in my early twenties whenever all this was going on. Well, early to mid twenties when all this was going on, didn't really understand everything I should have. And I understand a lot more now, <clears throat> but luckily I was young and I have the ability now as a 28 year old man to be able to come in and fix that and move forward and still have a very successful life. I'm not doing, I'm not making these mistakes when I'm 50 like some people can or 60 or 70 or I mean, even older where you really don't have that much time to rectify your mistakes before you're at social security age, you're at retirement age. I mean, if you're 50 and you've made the mistake that I just did, you basically have 12 and a half years and you're at social security age. I believe it's 62 and a half still. I can't, I'd have to go back and look, but regardless of that, I have many goals now. And I'm working towards those goals. And that's that's why, you know, our, the last podcast about what's on your whiteboard. I really like that quote that I heard today. The difference between a dream and a goal is a goal has an action plan and it has accountability set up. And I have an action plan and my accountability set up is partially this podcast and partially other things that I have in place. But I'm moving forward on these goals. And I also know now that if I make a misstep in one goal, it doesn't mess up my entire life. It doesn't ruin everything. It's not going to crush me if I don't lose weight this week. It's not going to crush me if my biceps aren't, you know, an extra quarter inch this week or whatever my measurement is. I haven't even measured in the last two weeks. Um, Still been working out, but I just haven't measured them. So I'm not going to take a small hiccup on one goal and make it destroy my life. It's just not something I'm going to do anymore because I've grown away from that. And that's something that I want everyone to grow away from. So I'm going to leave you with this. A hobby is a cure to chaos. Find your hobby, pursue it with enthusiasm, and be happy. Thank you. 
Have a fantastic week. And I will see you next time.